0: much for the fact that you've come to this place, to this earth, Lord, that you arrived here for us, and Lord, we know that you are in this place. We've felt your presence all morning, and we're so thankful, Lord, for the light of the world that, that you have shined into our lives. And so, God, I pray that as we look in your word now, Jesus, as we celebrate your, your arrival, I pray, God, that each and every one of us would open our eyes and open our hearts to the light that you have shined for us. Holy Spirit, move through this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas! Uh, if you're new with us, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor, and we're so glad to have you here. It's been a, a great morning already so far. Our uh, our, our team, uh, the music has just been incredible, and I'm so grateful for them. And we have been as a church. We have been waiting for this day. We've been waiting for this time. We've been planning and preparing for this day, for Christmas Eve, for all of us to be able to come together and to to worship the Lord, to celebrate the fact that, that He came to this earth and He arrived here for us. And Christmas, in many ways, is about waiting. We've been talking about waiting and when we think of Christmas and we think of the waiting that's involved in Christmas, right, we're waiting for, uh, for the tree to go up. We're waiting for the get-togethers. And then when we're at the get-togethers, we're waiting to eat. And then we're waiting to open the presents. And kids, like, we only got, like, half a day left before we get to open the presents, right? It's happening tomorrow. For some of us, maybe it's tonight, um, depending on your family traditions there. But as we're waiting... Seeing that the waiting is almost over, I, I, also, I also believe that some of us in here are waiting for the Lord to arrive in our life. You've got a circumstance, you've got a situation, you've got a thing going on, and you're waiting, and you're going, God, where are you in this? I don't, I don't see you here. I don't see you there. I'm, I'm still waiting for you. And when the light of Christmas was born, when Jesus was born, the, the presence of God changed everything. The presence of God changed everything. The waiting for a Savior was over, and it is over. And one day, he's going to make all things right. He's going to make all things new. And in your Bible, at the end of, of the Old Testament, which would be the kind of the first half of the Bible, the first 39 books, the last book there is called Malachi. And the last page of that, when you flip that, to the book of Matthew which is the next book the first book in the new testament that's a 400 year page flip there's 400 years in between there that that simple page turn represents 400 years of Israel waiting waiting and feeling like god was silent feeling like they were in the darkness like they were waiting on god to speak to them again but god's silence does not mean god's absence God's silence in your life and mine does not mean God's absence. See, he was still moving. He was still preparing. He was waiting for just the right time at just the right place. And he spoke again when he announced to a virgin that the Messiah would be born through her. And suddenly, what seemed like a dark silence for centuries is now broken with the light of God. You know, a lot of people are afraid of the dark often. Some of us I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hands. Some of you are afraid of the dark. Some of you, when it got dark at the beginning, you were a little like, hmm. What's going on here? If you're not afraid, at the very least, the darkness makes you a little uncomfortable. Can make you a little uneasy. Scary movies are always in the dark. I'm sure you've noticed that. That's uh on purpose. They do that for a reason because it makes you feel anxious, it makes you feel apprehensive and then you mix in a couple of jump scares and some ominous music and they got you, right? You're you're scared, you're at least like what's going on here. But the sunlight, isn't it funny how at the end of a lot of those scary movies that like it all takes place in the sunlight and the lights are on and everything? Because everything feels better, right? Everything's better in the sunlight. Everything's better when the lights come on. We've heard of light pollution, I'm sure. I don't know if you remember when the Amazon building over where Rolling Acres used to be was, was being built. I remember, because it has its own zip code now because it's so huge. I remember seeing from the, the highway, like coming toward it, it, it was just this like the light of God coming from the ground because they didn't have the roof on it yet. Um, and, you know, every night I'm like, you could see this from space. I'm pretty positive you could see it from space. When uh, About four and a half years ago, when we moved into this building, we put in this, uh, this LED sign that's out on the road. I'm sure you all saw it when you came in and, um, and all of that. And when we first had it installed, I'll never forget the first night it was installed and they turned it on for the first time. And I, was, I, I told my wife, I said, you know what, I'm going to drive to the church, see what it looks like at night. And we didn't know really how to use it at the time. You know, We're still trying to figure some things out. And so I drove up here and I'm coming from Main Street and I'm coming down toward, toward the church. And it's kind of a hill if you came that way, you know what I mean? And I'm maybe eighth of a mile, a little more out from the church. And it, I thought the church was on fire I, because a lot of our slides were orange and so because that's our color, right? And so like the slides are changing and flickering and I'm like, the building's on fire. And and it freaked me out. And I got here and turned out that I didn't realize how stinking bright our sign could be. It was turned up to 100%, which I didn't know that. I didn't know what that meant. And and I got here and it was like looking into the face of God when I crested over the hill because I was like blind um, from how bright it was. And so here's the thing. We know how to use it better now, for one. But the thing about light is that it doesn't take much to get your attention, does it? It doesn't take a whole lot of light to get your attention. A little bit of light in the darkness, you can try to dismiss it, you can try to ignore it, but you can't. You can try for a little while, but you can't ignore it. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, that's where we're going to be at today. And we're going to be looking uh, at the story uh, in Matthew chapter two of the wise men. The wise men were not kings. I know we sing the song, We Three Kings. There were probably more than three. Um, I don't necessarily know where that came from other than they gave Jesus three gifts. So we got to imagine that there were at least three. But there were more than that. And they weren't kings. They were wise men. And they were actually more like astronomers and interpreters of dreams. Uh, and there were quite a few of them that were there. There were a company of, of people of these wise men. And they were not there that night. They were not in, in the stable at the manger. I'm sorry, your nativity scene at home is probably not biblically accurate because they weren't there at the stable the night that Jesus was born. They saw the star that night and began following it that night, but they were still a long ways off. They were. It was probably months before they arrived and and had the conversation with Herod. And it says that they were from the east, as we're gonna read here in just a second. It says they come from the east. And this is an interesting thing because that's the direction that the Jews were exiled way, way back in the days of of Daniel from Judah and, and Israel, centuries before. And Daniel was an interpreter of dreams. Daniel was a prophet and he prophesied the coming Messiah. And he prophesied various things about where he would be. So isn't it interesting that these wise men, coming from that direction, I'm not saying they 100% were from there, but it kind of fits, they knew that it would be in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a, is a town uh, that's about six miles south of Jerusalem. It's this quiet little town. It's nothing special. And this is where Jesus, the Savior, the King, was born. Matthew chapter 2, I'm going to be starting in verse 1, says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, Where is he who had been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. So they knew the promises of the Messiah, and they had heard and they knew the prophecies. And here's the interesting thing. Notice in this that they weren't looking to get anything from him. They weren't looking to get a gift from him. They weren't looking to do anything. They they weren't looking for him because of what he had done, because he hadn't done anything yet. He was just born. He hadn't done anything yet. You know why they were looking for him? It says right there, they were looking for him to worship him simply because of who he was. They were looking for him simply because of who he was. Who are you looking for? As you're here today, as you're celebrating Christmas this year, who are you looking for? Do we only come to God or to church when we need something? Because if that's the case, you're not looking for God. You're looking for a genie. You know, God, I've I've got this business deal happening next week. And I'm really feeling kind of anxious, depressed, nervous about this or that situation that, God, I'm waiting on for you. So... Maybe if I go to church, maybe if I I worship a little bit, I'll I'll get that emotional lift. I'll get that spiritual blessing from God because, you know, I, I checked the box and I punched my time card. I know that sounds tough to hear, but listen, there's definitely some blessings and wisdom from going to the Lord and coming to church when we're seeking wisdom and seeking help from God. He wants that, absolutely. He invites that. We in, we're, we're blessed that he invites that in. Looking for wisdom and guidance from God, that is wise. Absolutely, but it shouldn't be our only motivation. That should not be our only motivation. So are you looking to discover who he really is? Looking to shine some light into the darkness of your life? That's great. That's great, and this is a great time for that search And this is a great place because we would love to walk through that search with you. Absolutely, we're all about connecting people to Christ and community and purpose. Absolutely, it's what we're all about. And see, when you find him, when you do find him, you're gonna see that we worship him and we look to worship him as we have already this morning and we will continue to because he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the creator of all and he is the reason for life. He is the reason that we're here. And when we understand who Jesus is, stick with me. When we understand who Jesus is, we understand who we are. We understand who we are so much more. And that kind of understanding shines a light in the darkness. Let's skip down to verse 9. Back to Matthew 2. It says this. After hearing the king... Yeah, like they spent some time with Herod and talked to him. listened to what he had to say. After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star that they had seen at its rising. And it led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. You know, it it only makes sense that these wise men were the only ones who could see this star. In verse seven, if you back up a little bit, we didn't read that, but Herod asks them when the star appeared. Herod asks them when the star appeared because he didn't see it and he didn't notice it. If it was there for him to see, he, he was oblivious. And it had to be there for months, if you think about it. Similar to maybe the pillars of fire or the, or the cloud that guided the children of Israel through the Exodus. I feel like this was the same type of thing from God. They were waiting and waiting to arrive, and they were following the star that had to be moving and guiding them and directing them. And their expectations probably grew, right? How much longer? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? There' are probably some of that as they're following it, but they had finally arrived. They'd finally arrived here. Their advent was over. And the fact that it stopped, it says that it stopped or it came to rest or came and stood over the place of Jesus, meaning that this thing moved and guided them, which is awesome. It guided them and it directed them until they finally found him. Now, I want you to think about this. These guys, as I mentioned earlier, these people were interpreters of dreams and astronomers. So where were they looking? They were looking to the sky. They were looking... To the stars. God spoke to them in a language that they would understand and would be on the lookout for through a star and a light that cannot be ignored, that pierced right into who they were. The light was just for them, and they didn't ignore it. They followed it, and it lit the path to salvation, which is why their response once they arrived, was worship. See, I believe that there's a light just for you. I believe that there's a light just for you and just for me. That God is shining it just for you. Might not look like a light to me, but it does to you. And not everybody can see it because not everybody's looking for it. And you know where to look because God created you and wired you a certain way. God knew you needed a star of sorts, and you need a bright light in the sky to finally get your attention because you're waiting on God and you think he's silent, and, and there's times where we just need a bright light shone right in our face, don't we? That's just how we are as people. It might be a friend that's the bright light shining in your face that, that brought you today, that said, maybe, maybe made a comment or said something that it, that's just stuck in a loving way. Maybe it's a family member that bugged you to death and drug you here today. And you're like, fine, I'll go so that you shut up. <laughs> but yet, the Lord. <laughs> some of you are laughing and you're like, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Doesn't mean I'm wrong. <laughs> and the Lord might be here getting your attention and speaking to you right now. And you're like, I didn't expect any of that. And so could I just encourage you to lean in a little bit because maybe maybe the light maybe the star is hovering right here right now for you maybe that circumstance in your life that that he used to shine a light in the darkness to get your attention and to guide you to him and he may have led you here this morning right now for such a time as this and it might this might just be a stop on your journey this might just be a stop on your journey on your way to him Don't overlook that. You can try to dismiss it, but you're not going to be able to ignore it forever. Let's read verse 11 and 12 here. It says, Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshiped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country By another route. So, you have to understand that the custom here in the day, in the time, was to never appear before royalty without a gift. You never appear before royalty without a gift. So, the fact that he was already a king to them and royalty before they even arrived tells us something. But they were probably unaware, and maybe they were, they were pretty sharp, probably unaware of the significance of the gifts that they brought. They just wanted to honor him. But you think about the gifts. Gold is a gift for a king. That's a gift that represents a king. Frankincense, that's a gift that represents a priest. And then myrrh, that's a gift that represents a prophet, a martyred prophet. See, even in the very early days of Jesus' life, he was crowned as king, priest, and prophet as was prophesied, even in this moment. And these were costly gifts, by the way. Mary and Joseph ended up using these gifts, as we see in the scriptures, and we know that that they took off to Egypt after this to protect Jesus, and these gifts financed that trip to Egypt to keep Jesus safe until the appointed time. But see, worship is always costly, It costs you something, and that something might be exactly what he wants you to lay at his feet. Might be exactly what he wants you to lay at his feet, because he can use it. You might need to give him something costly so that he can use it for your good and for the good of the kingdom. Whether you realize it or not. So what might it cost you? Sure, we think of finances. Yeah, it might cost you finances, but it might cost you friends. It might cost you family. It might cost you stuff. It might cost you some of your pride. What might Jesus illuminate your life with by laying some costly gifts down at his feet? See, Jesus' arrival will illuminate your life. The arrival of Jesus into your life will illuminate your life and bring light so that you can see exactly what he wants you to see their worship brought them to a place of obedience think about this it brought them to a place of obedience it helped them to see not only who jesus was but also the wisdom for what was to come next they didn't know what was to come next they didn't know that necessarily that they were in danger The light of Jesus was clear and gave them direction, gave them protection from there on out. And he wants the same for you and the same for me. That's why he arrived for you. And maybe that's why it seemed like he was waiting. He was waiting for you maybe to see his light. That light that's just for you so that you can find him. For humanity, it took him coming to this earth to live as a human, to live a perfect life as a human being for us to find him because we were that dense. He had to come to rescue us and to save us from ourselves. It says in John chapter 1, So the word became human and made his home among us. That's speaking of Jesus. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. Think about that, full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Listen, you don't have to struggle to find him, but we make it hard on ourselves. He is right there just for you and just for me his glory, his light in your life. You just have to let it illuminate your life. You have to let him illuminate your life, and you have to actually be looking for the light that he's put there just for you. And you're like, no, nah, I'm going to keep on waiting because that's not it. That light, that, that thing, that the thing that where God's trying to get my attention, that's not it. It's probably not that right there. It's not bright enough. It doesn't make sense. It's not in the way that I think it should be that light can't be in that place because that place is nothing special because I'm nothing special because that's what we think about ourselves you know what makes it special it's not the location it's the presence of Jesus that's what makes it special that's what makes you special because he came to this earth just for you and the Lord's presence in our life that's what this is all about We need to acknowledge the darkness, absolutely. Absolutely, we need to acknowledge the darkness. It's there. The darkness is there. But we need to choose to focus on the light. We need to choose to focus on the light because outcomes are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. Outcomes are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. So my connection point for you today As we continue through this service, is that Jesus is a light in the darkness. And it's a really simple idea, but it's true. Jesus is the light in the darkness that can pierce through the darkness that you don't think you can because you can't on your own. And you're probably looking to all the wrong places. I'm gonna ask the media team to do something here for me, we're gonna do something a little different just for a minute and I'm going to ask you to not turn your phones on not turn your flashlights on and to just sit tight because I'm going to ask the whole room to go completely dark for just a second I want the whole room to go completely dark and sit tight for just a minute but I want you to see how dark it really can be in here some of us walked in here today feeling like this is our life we feel like we're just sitting in the dark. And you sort of get used to it. Because after a minute, your eyes start to adjust, right? You're able to see a couple of things. You can probably still see the person next to you. But your eyes start to get used to this darkness, and, and you don't really find a way out. But one little light. One little light gets lit and it changes everything. One light gets lit and it changes everything and it pierces the darkness and it goes pierces all the way to the back of the room. I don't care how far back you are in this room you can see this light. You can see this light nice and bright and it's just one. It's just one little light. Even a small light that's lit in the deepest darkness it brings, it brings a sense of comfort doesn't it? because you get a little uncomfortable when when you're just sitting in the dark but then this, this little flame is lit and it brings a sense of comfort into your life just like the flame of God lit into your life will bring comfort if you let it and when we meet him our fears of the darkness even because of the small light they begin to dissipate they begin to go away because you can see a little bit better You could see a little bit more of what he has in store for you. You could see a little bit more of the things that you were tripping over. You could see a little bit more of God's plan in your life. So are you searching? Are you looking for him? But maybe you didn't realize it? I'm going to ask for the, the lights to come back up just a little bit here for us as we move into our candlelight moment. And I would ask you to stand with me and bow your heads if you would. Has the light of Jesus that is just for you been shining and guiding you? Has he been guiding you maybe to this moment, maybe to this place, maybe to right here, right now? You don't have to keep looking. He's here He is here with us, right here, right now. The Holy Spirit is in this room and he may be speaking directly to you. And you've been looking for him and you've been pushing it off. You've been ignoring it because maybe it's not the way that you think it should be. But his light's shining and has guided you right here. See, God created you to be with him and it's it's our sin the things that we do that, that, that disobey God that, that puts up a wall between us and him. Our sin is really what, what puts up that wall that, that we can't bridge on our own. And we can't remove those sins by the good things that we do. We try. We try to be a quote good person, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough to wipe our sins away. And so Jesus, that's why he arrived. That's why he came. That's what we celebrate because he paid the price for you and for me so that we could have eternal life and it's only through his perfect life, his sacrifice on the cross, his resurrection on the third day, and the fact that he is coming back to get us soon, to accept that gift of eternal life that he offers to each and every person. doesn't mean you have to get have everything right in your life. It just means you need to turn and realize he's standing right there with his arms open. We just need to repent of our sin, turn to him and, and surrender and give our lives to him. And that, that gift is for any, anybody and everybody. You can have that eternal life that starts right now and lasts forever. Father, I pray that your spirit would continue to move through this place. Lord, I I believe that there are some here that are are far from you. There are some here that have seen your light, but they've just gone the other way. They've maybe run from it. I pray that today, Jesus, your your spirit would speak to them in such a way that they just can't help it, that they would they would give their life to you. Or that they would just say in their own words that. That they know that they're a sinner, that they that they want to accept the free gift of eternal life, Jesus, that you would come into their life and save them. Lord, I pray that your light would shine through this place in such an amazing way today. Father, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name.